Welcome to the Fire Sprinkler Podcast with Chris and Logan. The NFSA Business and Leadership Conference was supposed to be held in Phoenix, Arizona, with presenters discussing various aspects of the fire sprinkler industry. Due to the current pandemic, NFSA decided to roll with the punches and in support of the presenters and sponsors, held the first fire sprinkler virtual conference. This event had eight presenters offering seven hours of CEUs for those in attendance. Presentations were pre-recorded and the questions were listed in the chat bar by the viewers. Over the next few episodes of the Fire Sprinkler Podcast, I will get on with the presenters and relay the questions, as well as dig a little deeper to learn more. This episode of the NFSA Virtual Conference follow-up is with Jason Webb from Potter and Jeff Hugo from NFSA. The topic of their presentation was code compliance in the age of information, automation, and integration and was jam-packed. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Jason Webb and Jeff Hugo. Enjoy. Like and subscribe. Hey, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Fire Sprinkler Podcast. Uh, I have Jason Webb and Jeffrey Hugo from NFSA. Jason is from Potter. They had a uh, conversation. They were doing a conversation at the NFSA virtual, com- uh, virtual conference last Friday, um, Thursday or Friday. I can't remember which day yours was. It was a lot of stuff really quick. Uh, but this is going to be part of their portion of the question and answers. So we'll kind of get right into it after an introduction. Jason, why don't you start by telling us who you are? Hi guys, Jason Webb. I'm the Director of Industry Affairs with Potter Electric. And uh, Jeffrey Hugo. I've known Jeff for a number of years now uh, through NFSA. Uh, what do you do with NFSA? Hey, Chris. And hey, all. I'm Jeff Hugo. I'm the Vice President of Codes, Standards, and Public Fire Protection for the NFSA. What uh, what was your topic of uh, of your portion of the NFSA virtual conference last week? Jason and I did uh, code compliance in the age of information automation and integration. What was the uh, the basic message that you guys were trying to relay with that? I know uh, initially we all had uh, an hour or an hour and a half that was supposed to be talked down in Phoenix, and everything had to get kind of chopped down into twenty minutes. Uh, so what was what was going to be your overall message that you were going to try to relay? More or less the uh, the the future, right? It's 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 the it's the remote inspections. It's you know using data for uh, inspections when when systems are integrated. Um, it's using you know smarter products and whatnot. And and basically you know we're trying to answer the questions like do the codes and standards allow those things to happen today um are there areas where the codes and standards need to improve um and and you know what 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 can an ahj today expect or what can a contractor today uh use to their advantage to improve their inspection services or their their contracts with building and building owners Okay, so the videos of the initial presentations are going to be available through NFSA's um, YouTube channel at a later date. Um, but let's get into the questions that were presented uh, for you guys in the chat box of the presentation and uh, see if we can't clear a little bit of air with this. Uh, the first question that came up was, uh, how much more liability does a contractor take on using drone inspections with the narrow and specific scope of NFPA 25? You know, I, I like to flip that around because the I, and I guess I guess to answer that question specifically, uh, I'm not really sure what mm-hmm. li- liability or more liability, but 
to have a video of what your inspector has done now, you know, what what did your inspector look at on the project um, is now now proof of what, you know, what occurred during that inspection. Right. And it, and it may not be the actual inspector. I mean, we talked about on the on the program uh, having <laughs> the inspector is is you and I right now looking at a, a dashboard of videos um, all day instead of driving to a, a job site to go take a look at something. Maybe a video team did the did the drone inspection, or did the videoing during the third shift um, on Tuesday or on Thursday, and now your your day to day is as an inspector is reviewing those videos and doing your inspections per those videos. So what I, I kind of go ahead, Chris. I know I, I no no words. I just had a just I took a little bit of a different take with that question, and, and I thought you know the that's almost kind of the reason one of the reasons that we brought this topic up is is how are we you know how are we dealing with compliance in this new age and and you know one of the answers is or or, or one of the the thoughts that that this question generated to me is are the contractors uh, thinking about that in terms of their their contracts you know the way they're writing their agreements with with a customer and are they noting those kinds of things hey we're going to be doing a portion of this, you know, via another format that we may not be, uh, you know, that we haven't done before, right? To me, the contract is where the liability uh, comes into uh, comes into play. Get the get the contract language right can protect you from a lot of that in the future. Well, because I think the wording in NFPA 25 is uh, inspections shall be done from ground level. So by using drone technology, that gets you off of ground level are you assuming more liability or are you expected to be more thorough with your inspection because you may be seeing something that's not apparent or visible on on the ground so do you assume more liability by kind of going above and beyond what nfpa is requesting in that regard yeah i mean i don't think so when i read that you know the the ground level that's or, you know, from the floor is is how mm. it's worded in 25. Right. I think that's that's really meant to imply there's no expectation of of bringing ladders and lifts and those kinds of things. But we've seen contractors for forever since NFPA 25 has been around. Contractors carrying binoculars, right? Right. Yeah. You know, so they can get a, a better view. There's, I don't think you know, in my experience and 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 my background as an AHJ and, and and with the industry, you know, to me that doesn't change the scope of their work just because they're using a tool, you know, to get a little bit of a better, better perspective on it. Yeah. While you were, before you said it, that was kind of what crossed my mind was what's the difference between using a drone and using binoculars other than about 300 years of technology. Yeah, right. <laughs> Still sounds a little different. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's slightly different. Yeah. Um, so there's a next question. I think we're going to need a little bit of context here, but uh, the question was worded. Uh, the outcome could be actually improved. Main drain, great example. Uh, we really want that data compared for supply pressures over time. That does not happen well today. Four tests and on to the next tag. Technology could compare over years for significant declines. Um, in context to how the conversation was going, I think they were talking about um, kind of utilizing the main drain test as a uh, water supply evaluation. Um, 
how do you think technology is uh, is going to be applied in, in main, what we in the industry as a fitter refer to as main drain tests? What what are they trying to accomplish and how can technology help that? Yeah, so the, the conversation was kind of revolving around how, you know, we know what a main drain test is when we talk to each other. But when if you mention that to an owner or, or you know, a facility manager, do they do they really know what a main drain test is? You know, what the code today is telling us to perform a main drain test, but what it's asking for is an evaluation of the water supply. And I, right. and I really, I really like where this question goes and that they, they hit on the topic that we were, that we were focused on was just that, that, that main drain test we do today is a snapshot of the system that, that moment in time when you're there. But with these, some of this new technology that's out there and certainly uh, coming down the line in the near future, you know, being able to track those water supply, you know, changes over time is something that, that adds a whole new dimension to evaluating that water supply. And maybe the codes, you know, to, to Jeff and I's, when we started having these conversations about do the codes recognize some of this? Well, here's an example. It says you do a main drain test, right? Right. So maybe it's time for the code to say we evaluate the water supply and the main drain test is an example of a way to do that. Right. Um, to your knowledge, is there anything going forward technology-wise that's going to allow you to do a uh, water supply evaluation without doing without you using an actual main drain test? I'm not aware of anything that's out there today, but but that doesn't mean that uh, that there's not technology that's that's used for other things as we speak you know we mm -hmm. uh, we use transducers in lots of different uh, uh, industries including the sprinkler industry right today to to monitor pressures over time and you know that's a, a technology that could certainly be uh, shifted to this kind of to perform this kind of function easily any comments on that jeff yeah, well, I think it's a it's a great point, you know, where he, he, the question asks, you know, that supply pressures over time, and you know, you, Chris, and Jason have said the same thing. It's it's uh, we can as as former HJs, we can look at a, a water supply test or a main drain test and say, well, that was done at one o'clock in the afternoon for that apartment complex. Um, let's try that at seven a.m. and 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 see the difference. And so something that constantly monitors that 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 flow. Would, would be great. I mean, because we're all we're talking about good fire protection, and in order to get that, we got to have the water supply. And if right. there's a degradation in the water supply, that's something the the industry needs to know. But more importantly, the owner, and and even more importantly, that is Mr. and Mrs. Smith that's in that apartment at that time. They, they got to know that their system's going to work. So that's really right. what it's trying to come down to. Yeah, I think that pretty much that pretty well answers the question as far as I'm concerned. Um, next question: um, There are video imagery tools that can take proper dimensions. Technology can solve this. Um, in context, I think they were talking kind of a how um, you know it's it's not just necessary to bring a tape measure. Uh, they may be alluding to laser measuring devices, things like that. Um, do you have any context with the question of that as well? Yeah, I think that was with. You know, we had a photo of some seismic bracing, and it was anchored to a bottom of a precast, you know, concrete deck. And and uh, I think we were talking about, well, you know, someone 
none of this really takes away the human. We still need somebody there to take a look and maybe, you know, count the threads, look at the epoxy, look at, you know, you know, the installation and whatnot. And I think that's where this is going. This question was saying, hey, that technology is there. We can count the threads from a drone or from whatever. And uh, yeah, possibly, but, you know, out of all of this, we're not, we're not, we're not saying that we eliminate the human, the fitter, the ITM inspector, the, the field inspector, the HJ. Uh, none of this really eliminates any of that. So, yeah, yeah, technology is beneficial. The industry evolves every day, and and obviously you need technology to kind of help it evolve and and get to the next step. Um, yeah, it may just be a matter of uh, utilizing it in the right aspect, right? You can look at a picture, but you don't know that if it's seven feet off of a wall, a sprinkler's located seven feet off a wall, or if it's located nine feet off a wall, right? Uh, right. Perspect perspectives are everything in uh, in photography. Right. Yeah, you right? Can do a lot with filters and. That's a, That's right. Yeah. I mean, look, look at this picture. Come on. It's not bad. Not bad at all. I wonder <laughs> the, the cost of the filter on that one. Whew. <laughs> um, next question here. We must not forget that remote inspection or monitoring must be provided when the, a new installation is designed. For older installations, it would be difficult to apply these technologies. Um, possibly alluding to the fact that remote inspections are going to start coming into new installations more. Um, what, what's your take on that question? Well, I, I don't know that I agree with, with the, the questioner. You know, with, with all respect, I, I think there's a lot of energy that goes into, uh, well, let's put it this way. Anybody that's ever heard me teach NFPA 25, I, I start with, you know, there's a lot more existing systems than there are new ones out there, right? Right. And, and that's one of the reasons that that I'm so passionate about inspection, testing, and maintenance, and why you know why that that whole side of the industry is so important. But the same um, the same thought process goes into product development. You know, is as products are coming online, uh, you know, I can assure you there's a lot of energy you know put into can we apply this retroactively? If is this something that can be retrofit onto an existing system, and that that plays a big role in the in, in a lot of these the development of some of this new technology how can we apply it to an existing right. when nfpa develops an entire standard around a new technology uh, it's safe to assume the chances are it's it's probably going to be around for a little while i don't think they develop standards um based off of uh trends right um remote testing and things like that I, I i think are going to be maybe not the future entirely but i think it's going to be a way to utilize and 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 help out in in times like these where uh not a lot of people want you strolling through their facilities well and to, it ties in with that other question you know what we were just talking about and, and these are tools right these are these are just a new tools in the in the toolbox to help that qualified person you know, make a make a call whether this system needs needs attention or not. Right. The last question: Isn't there a zone check circulating valve that circulates around the flow switch to simulate a sprinkler uh, sprinkler head flow? There is that that product's been around uh, for for many years. That was actually when as NFPA twenty five began to uh, reference automated testing. That was kind of the one of the first 
technologies that that, that 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 section in NFPA 25 was written around was was that zone check which physically wrote uh, moves water past the flow switch other technology has evolved since then to kind of perform the same type of testing without having to move water uh, you know th there's there's pros and cons of, of both but there's it, it's just a different technology the zone check uses a pump and and physically moves water or some of the new technology uses other methods right what are the new uh the new remote testing um what kind of technology is involved with that is it actually just is it physically moving the paddle on a flow switch right yeah there's there's a in the 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 flows through the auto test flow switch that, that potter has out today i mean i can only speak for I'm the, that's the one i'm most familiar with of course that's it, fair <laughs> a, a cam and a motor that that rotates around yeah physically moving the paddle into that flow position and holds it there past the retard you know lets the retard expire before letting it go so right. that activates the switch and then as it lets go there's an algorithm in the system that that uh, measures the that paddle falling back against the water to determine whether there's water in the system or not if there's no water in the pipe that resistance of that paddle falling back is obviously a lot different than if there is water in the pipe right so, so that we're able to you know is are the is the switch functioning properly is the paddle in place is it stuck due to some corrosion or something is it is there no water in the system all those things that we need to test on a flow switch we can do by by moving that paddle and then measuring with sensitive you know electronics now is that motor just a question that popped into my head when you're talking about that um is that motor that that moves that paddle down initially is it uh is it set at a certain pressure so that like i know in older systems around my neck of the woods you get a lot of buildup on the inside of the pipe um is there any way that it can kind of sense that it's mm -hmm. not moving freely on the inside of the pipe? Yep, absolutely. That, that same algorithm that measures the resistance measures it both sides, measures it as course, the paddle's moving and as it's coming back. Yep. Yeah. If there's any if there's anything that restricts that free movement, it'll it'll fail the test and go into trouble. Awesome. I think that is all of the questions that were uh, directed to your portion. Um, thanks for coming on and answering all the questions from the NFSA thing, uh, the NFSA <laughs> virtual conference. Um, do you have anything else you want to say before we wrap things up? I think it's important to know that, you know, none of these products and standards are, you know, we're not producing these, these hokey gizmos, right? There's principles and there's parameters that the codes and standards are looking for. You know, these products are listed, they're subjected to system pressure. Uh, you know, as Jason pointed out in the in the program, you know, they're they're built so they can't be defeated. Um, and really trying to get down to verifying, you know, the data that's being produced. And uh, so while technology may be moving slow or maybe the standards developments are, are moving slow, uh, it's uh, we've certainly seen a jump in the last few weeks. You know, when Jason and I talked about this, uh, last fall, it was it was it, it, it was a slow roll, right? It was like, well, yeah, we'll get there. And in the last six weeks, I mean, you just see the the escalation of video inspections and remote inspections, and you know, automation and integration. It's really become um, this last few weeks have really ramped up this this talk. And I don't know right. if Jason's seen it on the manufacturing side, but 
certainly the, the talk is there and the, the motivation is there. We we actually did a similar presentation, what, late January, early February timeframe, and, you know, before any of this hit, and, and the, the difference between the, in the few weeks from when we did it the first time and, and recorded this one, it was, uh, it, there's been a sea change, right, in, in the, uh, the call for this kind of technology and, and um, you know, and, but it's a process, as Jeff mentioned, you know, the, the, there's codes that need to be developed. There's, you know, checks and balances that go along with it. And, and that's, that's the normal way and the way it should be. Yeah. Out of necessity too, right? Like it, it, sure. it was almost required, um, it re required to be uh, changed like this so that everybody, you know, you don't have people going into these care facilities and, and exposing at-risk people to the to the pandemic that's going around right now, depending on when you listen to this or see this episode. Sure. Somebody will be sure. listening to this five years from now and say, what are they talking about? Yeah, what what pandemic was that? Yeah, 20 years, my kids are going back and looking at all the stuff that I used to do. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Jeff, Jason, thanks for coming on uh, and, and doing this wrap-up of the virtual conference for NFSA. Um, if you want to come on and talk any other time, feel free to let me know. And uh, thanks for supporting the podcast. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Hey, everyone. This episode of the Fire Sprinkler Podcast is done. If you liked this episode, leave a review, comment, or hop over to my social media pages and let me know. Just search Fire Sprinkler Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Don't forget to hashtag Fire Sprinkler Podcast and anything you think I should know about or see. If you have any suggestions for future episodes of the Fire Sprinkler Podcast, email info at firesprinklerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Take care.